welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. Last week I was trying to continue something that I started earlier and I got swayed off into teaching more on redemption. Redemption, which means to be bought back. So redemption in its original sense was not a religious word. All right, so I spoke about redemption. Today, and on the Thursday before, the Wednesday before, I spoke about justification. So today, let me pick up on justification. I didn't run it up. And I will connect it to sanctification and potentially talk about propitiation. And if we have time, I'll go into reconciliation. Then the next time, remind me, I would like to touch on the atonement. Atonement. At one minute. But Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it will be a good text. We're all ready together. All right. Let's already out. Let's go. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it take to have peace with God? What does it take to have peace with God through Jesus Christ? What does justification by faith does for you from this text? So that not everybody has peace with God. But therefore, being justified by faith. We have been justified by faith. I thought on it, but let me just pick up in it. What it means to be justified. Oh, okay. I don't even get to. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I think I'll, let me speak more about that. Um, Romans chapter 3, verse 24, 25. Romans chapter 3, verse um, 24. Romans 3, 23 actually says that um, all have sinned, right? How many have sinned? All. How many? All. What is the meaning of all? All have sinned. So there's no one who is sinless. That's why Jesus couldn't have come just like one of the all. He had to come in slightly different so you can be slightly different from the all of us. Because he, if, if he was like us, there's no way he can save us. So he had to be like us to be qualified to save us, but better than us to be able to save us. So for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does the next verse say? Hey, look at that. <laughs> let's read it. Let's go. Now, 
I want you to do me a favor. We are going to read at verse 23 straight in through to 24. So as one statement. Is that okay? All right. Let's go. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace. So, you see, how do we get justified? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So Jesus paid the price. There is, a, there is redemption in Jesus. Does that make sense? There's, uh, through the redemption, where is it? Where's the redemption? Where's the redemption? If you want redemption, where do you go? Christ. If you want redemption, where do you go to? Christ. Who do you go to? Christ. Okay, so... It's important. We Christians are not desperate to get to a place. Those of us are only heavy and want to get to. No, we are not desperate to get to a place. What is more important is we are in a person. We are in a person. It's more important than where we are going. So being justified freely through the redemption that is in Christ. There is redemption in Christ. Why is there redemption in Christ? I explained it. He died. He shed his blood to pay for your sins. Paid for my sins. Because all our sinned, right? So who's going to pay for the sins then? And you are already a debtor. How can you pay for the debt? You are owing. You, you, you are... There's no money in your account. And you are overdrawn in the account. How can you use that same account? How can you pay your overdraft from that account that is overdrawn? You are a combination of your decisions. Your experience and things that have happened to you is, is, has ended up making you who you are. We can't separate your past experience from who you have become. You never knew you were hurting yourself. You, you might think that doing well is automatic. That's why you have to do well now. If you are not doing well now, what makes you think you'll do well later? Today is the tomorrow you spoke about yesterday. And look at today, things, things haven't changed. And you are not waking up to start changing things. If things haven't changed, change them. Am I talking to somebody? I think I should go back to um, justification. All right. It says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, so accounts. Let me go back to that backlist. Oh, backlist. Sorry, sorry. I feel I, I should have known. No one taught me. No one taught me. What will destroy your future is always in your past. It's always in your That's why you need people to guide you to navigate away from what can... So some, some of you, your exposure, your exposure, you are not innocent. So you have seen too many things. Your innocence has been taken away from you. So it will be hard to operate freely because there's too much you have exposed to. If we leave you in a room by yourself with internet for one week, you might destroy yourself. Whilst others don't know anything, they even don't know what side to go. But because of your exposure, now you are a man of God, you are a preacher, but still, in the day of your weakness, you know where to go. It's in the Bible. When he said that train up children, Proverbs chapter 26, train up a child in the ways you go. Look at it. See, Train up a child. Okay, 26. Train up a child the way you should go, and he will not depart. Look at the next statement. 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 The borrower is a servant to the lender. Look at the next statement. This is a very serious thing. We don't see it. 
You can't change it. That's the fact of life. Bible says, whoever you are owing, you are a servant to the person. That's why they can send Bailey to come and take you. They can put a, a, um, county court judgment on you because you are owing them. Ah! Only 25 pounds. They put county court judgment on your, on your record. Now you are going for a big contract. Even going to rent a house. Rent a house, they did a search on you. CCG. 20, because of that, 20, or 15 pounds. Wow. But you are owing, so you are a servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor. I don't like it. Yeah, that's the fact. That's the fact. <laughs> that's why you have to build yourself when you are young because your days are ahead. Pastor, there's no guarantee. There's guarantee in God. So that's why you don't, you don't live like you can do it by yourself. You live like it's only God who can help you. And because of that, you now depend on God and work. Some people are only depending on God. They are not working. They are just there. One day, one day, God will change my story. That one day will never come. It will never come. Bible says that God, he, he will increase the labor, your, the fruits of your labor. It's not you are there. No, you have to labor. God, Bishop Oedefo put it this way. If you don't work, you don't have worth. <laughs> if you don't, he said it in the way, if you don't work, you don't have worth. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, and you see, your work has a lot to do with your worth. I see someone coming to be in God peacefully. Amen. So, said, being justified freely. Jesus said, I'll do it freely for you. That's why it's good news. That's why it's good news. He said, come for it. Being justified freely through the, uh, 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 by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So now, being justified, that's what I want to talk about. The next verse, I'll talk about it next week. Look at the next verse. Who God set forth to be what? Uh, as what? Propitiation. I love that word. I'll explain it next week. But let's go back, being justified. So to be justified is a serious thing. Wow. Ha. I'm going to give you the real definition of justification. Justification is God declaring the sinner righteous. That's the core of justification. God pronounced. See, when you go to court, the judge has to now pass the verdict, right? Guilty, innocent. Now, God being the judge, Pass the verdict. From today, you are righteous. You are not guilty. Righteous. Justified means you are now a righteous person in the sight of God. So God, remember, Romans 3.23. That's where the problem is. And yet, God passes a verdict and said, you are the victim. And what is interesting is, 
either God is wrong or you have been changed. Because if you haven't been changed, how can God say you are this and be a righteous judge and pass such a verdict when it is really not so? So then, one of the things you have to understand about justification is it is God's declaration but not arbitrary declaration. It's not whimsical. Or it sits there and says, mm, okay, from today you are dead. No! It's actually forensic. It's forensic justification. It's judicial. If you take it through the courts, if you take it through the legalities, it has met all the conditions and requirements. So the person has actually become what God said he is. So when you are justified, angels see you as righteous, God sees you as clean as Christ, everything about you, you are the child of God, you are actually God's representative, and everything is okay. However, on this side, those who have always known you, they, but what have you done? You haven't done anything right for God to declare you righteous. You should at least do something right for God to declare you righteous. But God said, I'm not declaring you righteous because you have done right, but I'm declaring you righteous because you are wearing this righteousness. So, it's not based on your righteousness, but it's based on the righteousness of another. It's called righteousness extra nose. Righteousness outside of yourself. Oh, I feel like preaching. So when you are born again and you are declared justified, the righteousness with which you are declared justified, it is not intrinsic righteousness. It's not inherent. It didn't come from inside you. It's an alien... It's an alien righteousness. It's a synthetic righteousness. It didn't come from you. It's, it's a foreign. It's alien. It's synthetic. It's not natural. It's something that came from outside and was imposed on you. Was credited to you. And now, with that righteousness, God also says, it's you. So when they check you, you are actually righteous, but you have not done righteousness. And yet, you, have, you are righteous. Where did you get this righteousness from? Oh, it came from somewhere. I didn't come with my, oh, oh. I didn't come with my own righteousness, but I came dressed in this. I'm dressed in his righteousness alone. I will add my own because my own will spoil it. So, synthetic righteousness has been given to this sinner. All right, look at the text again. For all have sinned. Is someone learning something? For all have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. How many have sinned? How many are falling short of the glory of God? Oh. But this all, now, we are being freely, freely, that's we didn't do it. Yeah. We didn't pay for it. It was given. Freely, just, we are justified freely by God's grace. How? Through the redemption. Where is it? That is in Christ Jesus. Okay. Look at the next verse. 
whom Jesus Christ, so God set Jesus, whom, whom God set forth. God presented him. What did he present him as? Set, who was set forth, or God set forth, as a propitiation, I'll go on to that next week, propitiation by his blood. So his being a propitiation took his blood for him to be, I think I have to tell you propitiation, it will, it will make sense. Do you know, should I tell propitiation? Um, he, he took, he took your book, very important book, and he threw it into the river, spoke, and he has really offended you. You told him, don't, don't do that. And he so offended you, and then you are very upset. And he told his father, my son did this to you. How? How much did your book cost? But the value of my book is about a thousand pounds. This is so important to me. I said, don't worry, I'll give you one. I'll give you a better one. This is cost 10,000 pounds. And I'll also give you a tip of 5,000. And then suddenly he goes, oh, really? Have you noticed that his anger has been appeased? That's propitiation. Propitiation is to appease your anger. Something has made you legitimately angry. But something has been done to, it's okay. It's, I almost use the word compensation, but it's not really it. Sometimes you can be compensated, but you, have no, you are not at peace. You have not been satisfied. You haven't been satisfied. Because you remember that thing still. It is, they've given you the money, like someone has uh, maybe hospital, and they made a mistake, and then the, the person lose a finger or something, and the NHS has given uh, one million pounds. It's still not the same. I miss my finger. I'm not at peace. So I can't use complete. But propitiation is to appease. Yes. Okay. This one has made me happy. I'm fine with it. Almost like it's a strong point. Interesting point. Almost like King Charles. The mother is dead. But man, a king is more appeasement than the bereavement. He's got something that you can never get. It's not the same. But I, I, I guess you understand what I'm talking about. Propitiation is to appease. Because I've said propitiation, can I say another word? Expiation. That one, X. When you see, you see X, X means out, away. So expiation, in the olden days, when the people sinned and they wanted to come to God, God would say, bring a lamb. So when they bring the lamb, the high priest will now come and the high priest will come and examine the lamb according to chapter 12 of Exodus and it's in Leviticus as well. You examine the lamb. Make sure the lamb is spotless. Who sinned? Come. So, we sinned. Stand here. That's God. We sinned against God. But we bring a lamb to appease God. Okay? Now, the high priest, before this lamb goes on, has to examine. That's why Jesus Christ was examined by Pontius Pilate before he was killed. And you know, after Pontius Pilate examined, what did he say? 
I find no fault in him. Because the lamb for redemption must be spotless. You understand that? So, he said, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, particularly, said, by, by the precious blood of the lamb of Christ, as of a lamb without spot or blemish. One, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So he asked, the high priest, according to Exodus chapter 12, from verse 4, 5, said, every house should take a lamb. And then the high priest, uh, they'll examine, and if a household is too small, uh, take a, a, I want the lamb, the lamb, verse 3 or somewhere, they talks about you should take a sheep. You should know. A lamb shall be without, the lamb shall be without. Speak the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th day of the month, according to a house, everyone shall get a lamb, okay? Verse 4, if you, from the house for every household, and if the household is too small to get a lamb, you have to say, and then the next verse, um, said, the lamb shall be what? Blemish. You see that without blemish, a male the first year. And then, so they bring the high priest. And then in Leviticus, they bring the high priest who examine the lamb. Now, who sinned? Us. Us sinned. They, they are bringing the lamb to God. But who, who does the examination? The high priest who is going to present the lamb to God on their behalf. But do you know what? I, I don't want to go further, but I've said it all. Jesus Christ, he is the high priest. He actually presented his own blood. Bible says that, Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10, the high priests in the Old Testament, they, actually chapter 8, all right, chapter 8 verse 1, and then, okay, let's go to chapter 8 verse 1, I, I think it's nice, all right, it says that, now, now, this is the main point of the things we are saying, we have such a high priest who is seated in the right, in the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, look, look at the next verse, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected no man. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. This is the way I'm looking. Every high priest appointed is every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that, that this one that's talking about Christ also have something to offer. Because a high priest, you have to offer something. Look at the next verse. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since they were already priests doing their job. But that one is a heavenly sanctuary. All right, the next verse. Now, then he goes on talking about the requirements of the law. But then says that, but the blood of bulls and bulls and goats, it's, I like the way verse 3 and 4 so, said, it is impossible. Let's read it out. So why were they using it? It wasn't taking away sins, it was just covering sins. The next verse. Let's read it. Let's go to verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. I'll just show you something. Verse 10. Watch this. By, by that will, we have been sanctified. I'll talk about sanctification later. Okay. How? Through the offering of the body of Jesus. How many times? Once. How many times? Once. Now, go to the next verse. And every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which could never take away sins. Uh-huh. Let's go on. Could never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, he sat on the right hand of, of God. Look at the next verse quickly. From that time, he awaits till his enemies be missed. Let's go to the next verse. For by one offering, 
He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. This thing, this sanctification, I'll come to that. Verse, verse 11. Verse 11, that's why, okay, chapter 9. Verse 11. But Christ came as a high priest of, uh, of the good things to come, with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. The tabernacle is not natural, it's heavenly. Not with the blood of goats, uh, goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained what? You see that, that thing? Eternal redemption. So when he died on the cross, when he resurrected, he actually went into the heavenly tabernacle. There's a special tabernacle in heaven. That's why chapter 8 talks about we have a high priest who is ministering in the heavenly tabernacle. He went to the heavenly tabernacle and presented High priest has to go into the natural tabernacle and present the blood of goods. He went to the heavenly tabernacle and presented his own blood. All right. But before he died to present his blood, he had to be examined by the highest legal authority in this world. That's the Pontius Pilate, which was representing Caesar. The highest legal authority in the world had to check him and find no fault. I find no, he said it three times. I find no fault. They said, kill him. Said, ah, but there's nothing he has done. How can I kill someone who is faultless? They said, still kill him. Still kill him. And so, they bring the sheep or the lamb, the high priest examined. Who has sinned? Who sinned? Who should be examined? Is it not the sinner? Instead of God examining you, they examine your representative. Does it make sense when he said, being freely justified? Yes. You, didn't, you didn't bring anything. You didn't make any contribution apart from your sin. Wow. Being freely justified. Shout glory. glory. They examine, and now, when he's pale, perfect, they kill the go and present. Okay, now, this is atonement. Okay? Oh, sorry, um, propitiation. Present the blood. And when the, hey, hey, listen, don't miss this. When the justice of God sees the blood that justice has been met, the demands of justice, God said, then God said, come now. So you didn't do it, but somebody's blood was used to appease, the, not just God is angry, but they, they had to be, God had to be angry with sin because it's a holy God. And the justice of God, someone has sinned, he must punish. He must be punished. He said, for, for the wages, he's dead. So someone must die. Blood must flow. Suddenly, an innocent blood flows, and the blood is faultless, and it was used to appease propitiation. Now, that, back to Romans chapter 3. So it's verse 24. Be freely justified, and be justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now look at the next verse. Whom God set forth as what? You understand propitiation. God is the one who set Christ forth to be his propitiation. God set forth as propitiation, how? By his blood. So Jesus Christ was set forth by God as, so when they were killing him, they actually do, working for God. Uh, the devil was, uh, the, was God's devil. God used the devil to get us Redeemed. Hallelujah. Jesus must be killed. 
Jesus must be killed. So in, in Acts chapter 2, he says that, verse 23, whom they killed, verse 24 rather, Acts 2, 24, 23, 23. Uh, 23. That's being delivered, this Jesus Christ, being delivered by the how? Determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands. He was lawful. They were lawless. And they killed him under the law. But they were wrong. Yeah. But he needed to die. He needed to die as an innocent man. So the thief on the cross said to the other thief, hey, you don't fear God? Luke chapter 23 from verse 41, 42, 43. You don't fear God? We deserve what we have done. But this man, even the thief says that this man is not one of us. The thief on the cross said, this man, we deserve what we have got, but this man is innocent. He's innocent. The centurion said, true, this man is innocent. He's the son of God. Those who killed him, they didn't have any record to convict him. They said, what crime has he committed? Pontius Pilate said, he said, I should kill him. What crime has he committed? They said, if he has not done anything wrong, would we have said that he should kill him? That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> what crime has he committed? So Jesus Christ was set forth as an innocent man for an... Thank you, Jesus. The blood that bought you from your sins is an innocent blood. It's not only innocent. It's the blood of God. Ah, it's a precious blood. It's a precious blood. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the cross. Bible says that by the cross, blood of his cross. I think Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 or somewhere. Talk the blood of his cross. Come on. He didn't separate the cross from the blood. How can you talk about the blood of Jesus without the cross of Jesus? Imagine. The blood of his cross. The blood of his cross. Wow. When he resurrected from the dead, Thomas, Thomas said, if he, I don't see him, I will not believe. John chapter 20. If I don't see him, I will not believe. And then he, he appeared one week later. And Thomas was there this time with them. And when he appeared, the Bible said that he showed his wounds. He should, his wounds should have been seen because he's resurrected. But he had to keep it there. And evidence that, listen, I've been pierced. I've, I've given my blood for you. The wounds is a sign of our redemption. The cut, the cut is the sign. That means his blood flowed. The blood, without the cut, the blood will not flow. And he said, so, see, see, see. said, touch me. Put your, and he said, put your finger in my side. He said, put, you said, you put it there. The wound is real. I was pierced. I shed my blood. I shed my blood. I shed my blood. That's what I'm telling you. Your redemption is judicial. It's judicial because he has paid for it. He said, listen, I shed my blood. Let him go. You can't keep it because the justice of God cannot hold against you. That's why it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if you confess our sins, he is faithful and what? Just. He is faithful and what? Just. He is faithful and what? Just. just means that pure. You have to be right. God, you have to be just. Shall I redeemed? I believe. Shall I am justified? I justified. How do you get justification? God set Christ, watch this, verse 25, whom God set forth, God set him forth to be the propitiation. Come on. God sets him forth as propitiation by his blood. Through faith. Our faith is what makes it work for us. If you don't bring faith, it won't work for you. Wow. So you've been, he died for all of us, but not all of us will be saved. Why? Because not all of us believe. 
Your faith is what actualizes it for you. Your faith is what activates it into your life. Put it back on the screen. Through faith. This is where I'm going. God did this to demonstrate God's righteousness. Because in God's forbearance, in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed. On what grounds? Because there's propitiation. He kept you. You were sinning. He didn't kill you. He didn't strike you because Christ had died for you and he kept going because the blood will cover your sins. He wasn't condoning your sins, but he cared about you. He wanted to save you. So he had to use the blood so that he can pass, pass over. You remember Passover? Yes. <laughs> he can pass over the sins that were previously committed. Now, Not the sins that will be committed in the future. The sins that were previously committed. Look at the next verse. God did that. Verse 26. The next verse. What? To demonstrate at this present time his righteousness. Now, God, verse 26 again. God wants to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that God might be just. What does that mean to be just? Just, God is just. means that he's right. He's not done wrong. What, if you pass a just judgment, that means you pass a right judgment. Okay. So he wants to be. But he has, he's doing this so he might be just. So he could have been unjust if he had done it differently. That he might be just. And at the same time, the justifier of who? The one who has put his faith in Jesus. Not the one who has behaved right. Ah. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about justification. That God can declare, what do I say justification is? God, the act of God pronouncing and declaring a sinner righteous. Not on the account of the right things that the sinner has done, but on the account of putting the, the sinner putting his faith in the right thing Christ has done. So you put your faith in Christ, then God says, you are the man. But that, that leaves a problem. Doesn't she look like Pastor David? With the Bible and everything. But still shall tell. So we have accepted that this is Pastor David, but we all know inside that thing eh, is the original sinner. How many of you are justified? And how many of you can tell that your thoughts are not still pure? You are, you are, put your hand down. I'm about to run up, but I need you to know this. I'm teaching strong doctrine. This is what separated the other churches from the Roman Catholic Church. This, this, this thing I'm teaching. You, you are, the problem is, the Roman Catholic Church in those days said, still does, said that, no, you, you, you are righteous, but you must also have works of righteousness at the same time. So not only faith. Faith will make you righteous, but you must have faith plus some good things you have done to make you justified. But when you look at the Bible, it doesn't suggest that. It says that faith alone. Yes. Sola fide. Yes. Only your faith 
Where? Your faith in Christ. What do you mean by my faith? You believe that Christ is the son of God. And he died for my, my sins. And he shed his blood to redeem me. And because of that, I am accepted with God. Bible said that when you do that, said that in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Romans, let's read it aloud. Let's go. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's simple. Look at verse 10. For... For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesses. So it's not talking about behavior. Salvation is not a function of behavior, but it's a function of believing. Now, once you believe, God declares righteous. So the judge is about to pass a verdict, the righteous judge. But that's a sinner. That's a sinner. Oh, my God. A sinner. He hasn't done anything right. He has only done sin. And oh, God. God is coming to declare the sin. Okay, let's see. Is it going to? De- if God declares the sinner righteous, that's unjust. Is it, is it not true? But if He declares the sinner sinner condemned, is that not justice? That's justice. So let's see if the judge will do right. God is about to judge. Sinner, all have sinned and fallen short of God. So instead of God saying condemned, He said justified. Ah, watch this. But that's illegal. That, that, that's not just. That is why that, that, verse 20 says, that God might be just and the justifier. He's justifying someone who has done, not done anything right, but the, purely on the fact that he has put his faith in Christ, God can stand on the works of Christ and declare you righteous. Shout hallelujah. So your justification is not based on your works. It's not based on how well you have behaved. It's based on his works. It's based on how well he behaved. But watch this. That is why Jesus Christ had to live one year, two years, three years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years of human life of perfect. He could have died when he, if he only came to die. He could have died when he was a child. No, but he didn't have to die. He had to live a certain life, a righteous life, and get the equity. So when you come to him, it's like he gives you his righteousness and oh I feel like preaching so God justification is the act it's a legal act of God as a judge declaring the sinner righteous on the account of the blood of Jesus and God still because of the blood of Jesus God still remains righteous by declaring a sinner righteous Romans chapter 4 verse 5 actually puts it this way. There's a word there that is very strong. Um, The ungodly. Guys, think about it. But to him who does not work, but believes, okay, believes who? Believes on who? No, believes on who? Him who does what? Justified what? Why would we justify ungodly? Ah, on what grounds will you pass a faulty product? On what grounds? Oh, you are dodgy then. You are quack. You are, no, you're not right. On what ground? But God, you, are, you believe, put your faith in God who justifies the ungodly. You don't have to be godly to be justified. God justifies you even whilst you were still ungodly, but simply because you put your faith. Don't wait till you stop fornication before you come to Jesus. Because you might never come. 
because the fornication will not leave you. When I start teaching sanctification, you understand. Sanctification is God now living his life through you so you can say, I, I won't do it. But he can't do that until you are justified. So you need to, but how do you get justified? By belief. That's why pastors who don't preach the gospel are very dangerous. Wow. How can people be saved without the gospel? Why is a pastor not preaching the pure Christ? Why are pastors becoming social speakers and public speakers, just public speakers and uh, uh, social service workers or social workers? Motivational speakers. Seven ways to deal with anger. <laughs> if I teach you about Christ, you handle your anger. Yes. Yeah. If you're able to handle your anger. What you need is not emotional encouragement. You need Christ. You are actually, your problem is, your problem is not because you are stressed. You are messed up. And it's not only you. Everybody has got that problem. Just that it manifests in different shapes and different times. And everybody is messed up. We are all dead on arrival. The day you were born, you were dead spiritually. And deformed. Twisted. We were twisted on arrival. So there's no way you can do anything right. Right enough to make you righteous before God. Bible says that by the law, the the, the by according to the law, no one can be justified by the law. You can't be just. You can't do the works of the law for you to be just. Romans chapter three, verse twenty-one. Actually, you can't. You can't be do, because the law will catch you. Verse twenty and twenty-one. The law will catch you. The law is very good. It's very good. It's straight like God, and you are too crooked to bring yourself near the straight edge of God. It it will expose too much about you. Therefore, by the deeds of the law. Huh? No flesh shall be justified in his sight. People may think you are doing well, but in the sight of God, come on. Come on! Is somebody learning something? Yes. Actually, I'm teaching this basic Christianity. This is the bedrock of actual Christianity. This is a, when you get this thing, you don't need argument. Is this as God is all that crap? You don't need argument. This is the bedrock of there are, certainly there are people who are even pastors who don't even understand these things. Yeah. Wow. Very true. Some pastor asks what's propitiation, he doesn't even know. He doesn't, he doesn't mention redemption, he mentions breakthrough. Oh. The Lord will bless you. This bless me gospel is not bad in itself in entirety, in, in its entirety. It's not bad in itself. But if we focus only on that, you can only be eating meat all the days of your life. You will die early. You will die early. You need balanced diet. You must, and when you are eating balanced diet, there are some things that are basic and essential. And the essentials of Christianity, some of these things I'm teaching. What you know about Christ, that's the essentials of Christianity. That, that determines the quality, the, the quality of your Christianity. The kind of Christian you are is at the mercy of what you understand about who Christ is and what he has done. That's fundamental. It doesn't matter whether you have testimonies or not. Please, please. Anybody at all can have testimonies. Anybody at all can have testimonies. Driving a new car is a nice testimony. But there are other people who are being, they don't, they are not in church. They, they, they are criminals. They are liars. They are bad. And they got better ones. So please, don't use testimony to judge whether somebody is in God. Let's, let's, let's get the right things right. The right things right. 
You are passing this. And pastor prayed. And I got my, my I got the best unit. I got a, it does not mean you know God. If that is what is drawing you to Christ, it's not complete. If that's what's drawing you to church, it's Christ who must draw you to church. You are, hey, you are hungry for Christ. I just, I just want Jesus. I want Jesus. Pastor, tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more steps. Tell me about Jesus. Pastor, I need Jesus. That should be your heart cry. You became born again. God has declared you righteous. But your feelings haven't changed. Sometimes you still feel very for sin. I don't know if you since you became born again, you sometimes feel like I really wish I could sin real good. Yeah. Not because you want to do something bad, but you, 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 you crave for something. Maybe you wanted to lie so bad. You, you wanted to retaliate so bad. You wanted to you know, do something, watch something, and just, this might, I just once, once. You wanted to do something. You, you, you just wanted to hold something. Just, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Don't be deceived. You are born again, but the feelings are still there. But so that's. But am I still righteous? That's where. The, that's where I'm going. Am I? Because God declared me righteous, but in actual fact, the righteousness with which He declared me righteous is alien. So how about me myself? So the Catholic Church in those days said that, no, you can't say someone is righteous when they are not righteous. So the righteousness must inherit the person actually before you can say he's actually righteous. But they said, no, from the Bible, righteousness doesn't have to inherit you. It can be credited to you and then sanctification begins to work it out. Work it out, work it out. So in, 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 in John chapter 11 verse 38, when they got to the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus said, where did you lay him? And then um, Martha told Jesus, um, in the tomb, in the cave, we lay him. And then they got verse 39, Jesus said, uh, Jesus, take away the stone. The dead body is dead for this. Take away the stone. Are you sure we are ready for the stench? So, because by now the body has decomposed. So he said, take away the stone. Then Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time, there is a stench. Why? Because it's four days then. How many of you agree with her? For dead person, four days. Even a living person for two days, not bath. <laughs> you can't manage it. Let alone four days. And then dead one. So, Jesus called, open it, and then, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came. He has been bound with a napkin. You can imagine how bad the napkin will smell. Obviously, he can't walk because they've bound him. So he came like the dead man. Some of you, when you come to church, the altar call. You want to give your life to Jesus. Then you come forward. You come forward. You come forward, Jesus. I want to serve Jesus now. I'm in church. But as you are coming forward, you have a date with your girlfriend. You have condom in your pocket. Yeah. Or something. 
you know. And you have text messages on your phone when after church you are going to read. But, so you are not really righteous. And you stand here and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And then the pastor said, you are saved. And you are wondering, but what have I done? I, Lazarus has come out. I'm alive, but I'm still stinking. Four days dead, he will stink. But the good news is, he's now alive. That's where sanctification comes. He said, lose him and let him go. He's thinking. So there's, if you've been in, in this church a while, you understand, you've upset this. It's, called, it's a Latin phrase. Simo justis e peccato. Simo, simultaneous. That's why we get the word, English word, simultaneous. That means at the same time. Justice is just. Justice, that's where we get the word, just. Justification. A judge. To judge someone, it has to do with justice. Okay? So, to, to be just, pure. And then, eh, how many of you know what eh is? End. It's a Latin word for end. Eh, something. When you say eh, something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> eh. So, simo at the same time, just, and peccato. When you say something is impeccable, what does that mean? Spotless. So, peccable. It's got faults. So, at the same time, just, and yet, faulty. So, you are justified. Yes, I'm justified. But, you know, I can't trust myself. I, I, I'm still working progress. Sometimes they even have bad feelings. But am I saved? Yeah, you are saved. Because you put your trust in Jesus. Now, this is where sanctification starts. So, you look at the one, God has declared him righteous, but inside, you are not, your natural right, you don't have it inside you. So, he has credited it to you. So, justification is an act of, watch this, it's an act of declaration. It's not an act of internal change. It's an act of declaration. I have accepted you. You are like Jesus. You are clean. And now you are my, my child. And God has received you. And yet there's still. Simon Eustace in the sight of God. Yet a peccato. At the same time, just. I'm justified. Yet I need sanctification. I need some cleaning up. I, need, I, need, I don't know if you can identify with that. You are saved, but you need God to clean you up. You need work to be done on your character, work to be done on your feelings, work to be done on your attitude, work to be done on your emotions, work to be done on your entire persona. Simo, justice, e peccato. At the same time, the same time, it's not like one after the other. The same time, you are just, and at the same time, you are still faulty. But yet, God has declared you just. So when we talk about the just shall live by faith. We are talking about your justness before God is predicated on how much you are believing God. So sometimes, say, say, listen, sometimes when you go wrong in your Christian work, still trust God, get up and say, Lord, I believe you. You've, how many of you have seen before since you became born again? Don't say, this thing is not working for me. Hey, stop that. Don't say that. 
Don't say that. Just put your faith in God and by faith determine that next time I overcome this thing. I won't fall to it again and keep going. When you fall, get up and keep going. When you fall, get up and keep going. But God is working on you. When you fall, don't fall and stay there and say, this thing is not working. I don't think I can go. I can do it. Uh, guys, I have to go back. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't serve God. This church thing is not good. Hey, no, don't say that. Because when God declared you righteous, it didn't mean you are perfect. Genuine Christianity is not determined by the, by the perfection of your heart, but by what? The direction of your heart. Now your direction is different. If you are genuinely saved, you might not be perfect. Your, your, it's not perfection, but direction. Your attitude. Now there are some parties you don't go. You've changed direction. There are some things you don't say. It doesn't mean you are perfect. You still have struggles. You are still a work in progress. That is called righteousness. That's called sorry, sanctification. He said, work out. Work out your salvation. You got, you're working it out. I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. How many of you know you're a work in progress? That's why don't come to church and say, she says she's in church. And look at her. He says she's in church. And look at him. Stop that. Because every one of us is sick and we are getting healed. We are work in progress. We are work in progress. And the good news is, I'm still justified. Simon, Jesus, eh, Pecato. Your righteousness by which you are saved is a synthetic righteousness. It's righteousness, extra nose. Righteousness that is coming from outside of you. It's an alien righteousness. But it's Christ's righteousness. It's Christ's righteousness. And he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found. I like the next phrase. Dressed in his righteousness alone. What? Faultless than before the throne. Sing it again. Oh, when he comes with trumpet sound. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, oh, may I then in him be found. My righteousness, no. Dressed in his righteousness alone. And then I stand before God faultless. Faultless there before the throne. One more time. When he shall come with trumpet sound. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, oh, may I dance. If being found in him means you are losing friends. You don't mind. If being found in him means your boyfriend is going, he should have gone a long time ago anyway. Your girlfriend is going, he should have gone a long time ago. If being found in him means that they, they, some people will tell you you're antisocial, that's okay. Because so as a Christian, your target is be found in him. That's my target. He said, what things were gained to me? I can't, Philippians chapter 3, I can't have dark. For the excellency of knowing him. And the verse 9. I like the verse 9. Philippians 3, 9. That I'll be found in him. He says that, and be found in him. Not have, do you see that? Do you see not having my own righteousness? I want to be found. That's all I need. I, when you're looking for me, my address is now in Christ. Yes. Yeah. Your, greatest, your greatest drive, your greatest inspiration as a Christian is not to get breakthrough. Please. Shouldn't even be to get to heaven. Your greatest drive and motivation is 
I want to be found in him. Yeah. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. I want to be found in him. That should be your habit. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.